Welcome to Love Rules, the radio ministry of Roxbury Presbyterian Church in Boston. My mom, Liz Walker, was Boston's first African-American television news anchor, but her most important job is what she does right now at RPC, preaching the good news about God's love. The Bible says, above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. How does that work? Join my mom now as she offers us Love Rules from Roxbury Presbyterian Church. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Love Rules. Our message today, Can We Expect a Miracle? Our text is from John, the sixth chapter, the fifth and sixth verses. When he looked up and saw a large crowd coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread for these people to eat? He said this to test Philip, for he himself knew what he was going to do. And then I'm also going to use 2 Timothy, the first chapter, the 12th verse. I know whom I have believed and am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day of Christ's return. Imagine if Jesus had set up this test for you. This story from John, of course, is about the feeding of the 5,000. And the text says that when Jesus looked up and saw this huge crowd, he turned to Philip saying, where are we going to buy the bread for these people to eat? Of course, Jesus knew the answer, but he was testing Philip. Imagine if that test was for you. And just as Jesus has posed this question to Philip, you've been asked to be a part of that group that feeds a hundred busloads full of people. 5,000 people who pulled up at your house or at your church, what would happen? Now, it depends on your community, but I know in mine, I would have people who immediately would say, don't even try it, Reverend Liz, we can't do this. But I know that most of the people at my church, probably like most of the people at yours, would take on the mission. I'm pretty clear about that. There'd be some concern and some trepidation. We couldn't figure out the logistics, maybe, or, or we would be worried about parking. <laughs> but somebody, at least in my community, would inevitably suggest a fish fry. That will take care of it all. But where would you be in this conversation? Would you simply walk away saying, this can't be done? Or would you be like Philip, who responds to Jesus by asking questions? It's important to think about this because how you respond to this dilemma is going to tell you a lot about your perception of God. You see, uh, Philip answered Jesus. He said, you know, six months wages would not buy enough bread for each of them. Jesus, really, you need to think this through. We don't have enough money to do what is needed to feed these people. Let's take a closer look at this text. Remember, this moment that takes place on the mountain that runs along the Sea of Galilee is not the first outing for Jesus and his disciples. They've been on the road for a while. They've been attracting large crowds. The disciples have gotten to know Jesus. They've seen his amazing powers. But when Jesus asks Philip this critical question, Philip's answer sounds like someone who has not been paying attention. It sounds as though he doesn't even consider Jesus could be a part of the solution. Six months' wages, Lord, could not buy enough bread for these people. It's important to flesh this out because Jesus asks a question specifically to Philip. If you know your Bible, you know that Philip is a native of this area. He comes from Bethsaida. 
it would be logical for him to kind of be the one that Jesus talks to because he's familiar with all the stores here, the markets. But of course, Jesus does not operate on human logic. God never does. The text tells us Jesus is testing Philip. Tests are an ongoing part of our spiritual journey. Psalm 66, for you have tried us, O God, you have refined us as silver is refined. We are tested for our obedience. We are tested to reveal our hearts. All of the tests that God gives us strengthen our faith. And that is the case here. How are we to buy bread so that these people can eat? Jesus is testing Philip in order to strengthen Philip's faith. Philip is clearly a common sense type of guy. That's why he calculates the cost of the food for all these people. But common sense is not faith. And faith is not common sense. They are the opposite of each other. Now, there's nothing wrong with common sense. It shows good sound judgment. That's why your mama always used to tell us, use common sense. Common sense is a natural response. It's the response of someone who has home training. But faith is not natural. And faith is not about home training. It's about spiritual training. When you think about it, common sense has very little place in the hearts of Christians. We are not called to be common sense people. Everything about our spiritual life should involve stepping out in faith, movement. There should be no period of stagnancy in this Christian walk. God is going to test us on this, just as he tested Philip. Philip said, six months' wages will not buy enough bread, Lord. While Philip did not exactly rise to the occasion, he did know a little something. He knew this particular command was beyond his ability, and that's exactly what Jesus wanted him to realize. Philip and the others were being set up not just for a test, but for a miracle. I'm so glad you're with us today. Here's a special invitation. Roxbury Presbyterian Church is marking 130 years of worshiping God and serving his people. And we want you to help us celebrate Thursday, September 29th at Mosley's on the Charles in Dedham. For ticket information, log on to rpcat130.org. That's rpcat130.org. We'll see you September 29th. How many times in your life have you confronted a challenge a problem, a situation that is so beyond your ability to handle? How many times do you find yourselves at the end of your knowledge, your power, your talent? How do you approach that? Do you even put God in the equation? There are so many challenges in being part of an urban ministry that I've learned, and it's taught me about expectations. Sometimes just getting to the church on Warren Street can be a problem in a community uh, where there's just too much violence. But too often, sadly, that impacts our expectations of God. Too often, like Philip, we take our focus off God. We look too much at the challenges. We look too much at the problems. We never think that there are solutions beyond our ability. When the challenge is huge, the territory unknown, the terrain is rough, the need is great, we give up. It can't be done. You may be facing something right now in your personal life that doesn't make sense, that really seems to have no solutions. Can you hope for a miracle? Can you expect a miracle? 
Now, there are plenty of people in the 21st century who say miracles, even preachers who say miracles don't happen anymore, that, that the miracles in the Bible actually, there was just a period that was in context of the time to get the church started, but they're not happening anymore. There is a hesitance even now to accept miracles because people think that if we talk too much about miracles, some people will think we're silly or or if we talk about miracles, people will think that we're, we're just kind of too fanciful or don't believe in the realities of life. Some theologians argue that the miracles like feeding of the 5,000 were just not really miracles. I read a commentary that said it really was about the generosity of a little boy who was willing to share his five barley loaves and the two fish. And that actually encouraged others in the crowd who were hiding secret stashes of food. This is a commentary that is out there right now by legitimate theologians. You can find all kinds of wonderfully rational and reasonable thoughts about miracles. But of course, what is most important in context of what we're talking about is what you believe, what you anticipate, what you expect from God. This is important. It'll drastically affect not only your faith, but the actions you are willing to take. One of the factors in understanding the dynamics of miracles is understanding the dynamics of trusting God. Before we can fully sense God's presence or understand his voice or his blessings, we have to learn to grow in our trust of God. What is trusting God? It's more than just letting things go and saying, I guess things will work out all right. It's not going with the flow and wishing. It's not even blind faith. Trusting in God is being aware of the difficulties, seeing the challenges, but being able to see beyond them. When we trust God, it's not about ignoring our circumstances. It's kind of like a dual focus. We know what we face, but we know God is bigger. God is bigger than any challenge we face. And when we claim that and trust that, then everything is going to be all right. Now, it may not work as you want it to work and the way you would have it work and the timing you would have it work, but everything is going to be all right. The world says seeing is believing, but God says believing is seeing. The more you see God in your life, the more you trust God, not only in your life, but in everything. Now, God does not have to earn our trust. We have to grow in our knowledge of God. And and that, I promise you, will impact your confidence in provision, in protection, in blessings, and miracles. And this is the confidence that you want. This is the confidence that you need. But you have to grow in that. It does not come just like that. I have been on this spiritual journey now, well, probably all my life, but in a formal way, certainly for 15 years, and I'm still growing every day. But the confidence that I'm searching for is the confidence that Paul shows when he says with conviction, no matter what I face 2 Timothy 1.12b, I know whom I have believed and am convinced, confident, that he is able to guard what I've entrusted to him until the day of Christ's return. I know whom I believed and am convinced that he's able to guard whatever I trust in him until Jesus comes back. That is what opens your mind and heart 
and spirit to the truth about miracles. If you are confident in Christ, you can expect a miracle. You can expect a miracle. That's a part of who Christ is. And you can always expect a miracle in the very next moment, in the very next day. That's this beauty. That's the joy of your salvation, knowing a God for whom nothing is impossible. You know, we had a lot of young people at Roxbury Presbyterian Church this summer. We had two wonderful programs, including leadership development that came out of Trinity Church in Boston and Trauma Intervention, which was a program of ours. And in the end, we we must have dealt with, oh, probably 25 to 30 kids. And I thought about those programs. They could have been housed anywhere in the city. They could have been at better locations where there were swimming pools and basketball courts and access to more things. But they were at Roxbury Presbyterian Church. I've thought a lot about that. It's not a common sense place. It's a place where people of faith gather and believe that nothing is impossible. And it makes a difference in the work we do and in the lives that are touched. We expect miracles every day. Thanks for joining me. Be blessed. Thank you for tuning in. Roxbury Presbyterian Church is located at 328 Warren Street, right in the heart of Roxbury. Come worship with us on Sundays at 11 a.m. This is a listener-supported program. We invite you to partner with us and learn the many ways that love rules. Visit us on our website, RoxburyPresbyterianChurch.org, or call us at 617-445-2116. Love will reign if you love.